Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Dr. Karosh Madahi. He is the author of The Toxic Overload, the truth about your body's natural defenses and how to experience whole body health. It's wonderful to see you. Thank you so much, Taryn. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Likewise. So first off, Dr. Madahi, can you tell everybody about your background? You, you've been a dentist for practicing for over 35 years? That's correct. So I went to UCLA undergraduate and then USC School of Dentistry, graduated in 1987. And then I've been practicing dentistry in the Beverly Hills area for the past 35 years. Past 20, 25 years, exclusively cosmetic dentistry. But I've been doing a lot of research in oral care and the connection between oral health and whole body health. Yeah, it, it's really fascinating stuff. Um, this is your, your third book, we should say, correct? That's correct. Okay. So that said, tell us about you know, the genesis of this book and, and I guess you know, the, the catalyst for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, there is a little bit of a background genesis and then the impetus. So the background genesis is I've always been fascinated with how our body responds to disease and infection. And uh, the predominant question on my mind was, what is it that has made us survive for thousands of years without modern medicine? So what, what was the key ingredient that our body actually carried? And then when the COVID happened and um, my office was closed, and I was sitting there, I said, you know, I've done all of this research. I have all of these notes. I think this is a good time to actually put it into a book. And then the whole impetus was the coronavirus and then figuring out to explain immunity in a very different manner than what people normally think of because people really think of their immune system being responsible in their protection. But actually what it is in my book and what I constantly talk about is the microbiome. Right. And I, I had read, and we'll get into that, the microbiome in a moment, microbiome uh, rather in a moment. Um, you know, when I was researching the book, I had heard you say that uh, you're trying to turn 70 years of dental research on its head. So yeah. tell us what that means, what that even refers to. Yeah. So um, in the past 70 years, the entirety of the dental research has been focused on killing bacteria. And the primary reason for it is that bacteria causes cavity, bacteria causes gum disease, bacteria causes bad breath. So what do we do? Let's go kill it. The problem with this theory is that 98% of the bacteria in your mouth are healthy, protected bacteria that are actually protecting you against disease and infection. 
So you go and you look at all these product labels that says, here's 99.9% of the germs. That means that the 98% of the good bacteria are getting killed as well. So that's on one hand. On the other hand, is that if the solution truly was to go and kill all of these bacteria, we shouldn't have any cavities, we shouldn't have any gum disease, we shouldn't have bad breath. But we continue to have not only all of these, but also a higher rate of gum disease today than we had 10 years, 15 years, 20 years ago. The question is to why? Why is that happening? So a lot of the things that I talked to you about is proven science within gut and skin. So on skin, they found out is that the microbiome is protecting the skin. So all of the makeup, all of the skincare has gone through a revolution and evolution toward clean ingredients that are microbiome safe. Gut health has been so much about how do we protect our gut, meaning that not to destroy the microbiome within the gut and how do we restore that health because that translates into a healthy being. So what I'm saying to you is that that 70 years of killing bacteria research is absolutely wrong. What we need to do is we need to not kill bacteria, but rather neutralize the toxins of bad bacteria. That's what we didn't know how to do. So we went on killing everything. So do we know how to neutralize the toxins to use your wording? I mean, is that, is that easy to do? Has that been invented? Yeah, so it's not easy to do. Uh, so uh, I create that the main reason for all of this was that I couldn't find any products that would do that. So I had to go now go create another company, create all of the research behind it. The name of the company is Lumino. The website is Lumino Health. And we have to date done 58 clinical research studies. And we have proven that we are neutralizing more than 80 to 90% of the toxins of um, bad bacteria that is causing cavities, causing gum disease, causing bad breath um, with our products, with our formula, even though our formulas are certified non-toxic and we're not using any toxic ingredients at all. So we're using naturally derived ingredients, but that wasn't the key. The key was how do we create a safe and effective product and that research has shown that this is the way to go. And we continue to do more research that we are actually saving the microbiome, but at the same time, neutralizing the bad toxins. So that said, if we can just take two steps back, you've mentioned microbiome a couple of times. Tell our audience what that means. Good. That's a great question. So microbiome is a network of microorganisms, mainly made out of good bacteria, but there's some bad bacteria, viruses, and fungi in it. So where is the microbiome? The microbiome covers our entire skin, covers our eyes, nose, ear, mouth, gut, and the birth canal. So the one question I always ask people, when was the last time you had eye infection, even though there's so much pollution, even though you walk into areas where there is toxic air and everything? When was the last time did you have um, eye infection? An eye infection, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember when the last time was? Me specifically? Uh, I think I had a sty in my eye a few years ago, but that's about it. I don't think I've really ever had anything else legitimate. Okay. How about ear infection? No, ages. Since I was a kid, swimming. <laughs> 
So, see, this is the exact reason what I'm talking about. You're being exposed to all sorts of things on a daily basis, yet you don't get any infection. The reason being is the microbiome is protecting you there. So the, your eyes is being protected by the microbiome. Your ear is protected by the microbiome. We're breathing in so many ish, uh, uh, things that are airborne, yet we're not constantly getting sick because inside of our nose, there's a microbiome. So these are the exact reasons I am saying that there is a better way, is a first line of defense, which I sometimes talk about as a second immune system, but the primary defense mechanism, which is the microbiome. C-Suite Radio. Okay, so, so just to kind of understand uh, from a layman's perspective, kind of the alarm that you're sounding is the microbiome orally within our mouths, with all the products we're using, all the, you know, the, the dental products being used by our dentists is destroying the good microbiome in our mouth. Is that what you're, is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And it's being advertised as it kills 99.9% .9 of the germs, which is all of the bacteria in your mouth, good and wow. bad, but 98% of it is good. Okay, so <laughs> and they're proud, and, and everybody's proud of it. You know, I mean, this is their like the, right. the glory. The glory is we kill ninety nine point nine percent of the germs, which is ninety eight percent that are good bacteria. Okay, so what's the problem with that? You're saying that destruction is leading to all sorts of diseases and everything. Yeah, so let's let's go back as one step and look at how does your microbiome protect you. I think that that would be the way to go. And how it does, I, I'm, now I'm going to put it very simply. Imagine real estate. Imagine Manhattan. In order for you to build something on Manhattan, it's so expensive, so difficult to find land because it's already full of buildings. It's a very limited space with already all the buildings on it. Now, imagine you wanted to build something. In order to build it, you would have to destroy something in order to build something. So what your microbiome does, it takes up real estate. There's no room for bad bacteria and viruses to be able to adhere and grow. So in order for the bad bacteria and viruses to actually grow, they have to adhere to your tissue, be it on your skin, be it in your mouth. So if the real estate is being taken up by the microbiome, that's one deterrent. There's not enough room for them to stick and grow. The, second part, the second part, is a symbiotic relationship between the microbiome and your immune system. You know, during the COVID, we talk about a lot about antibody and antibody production and having antibodies in your body in order for you to be protected against the COVID virus. So within the microbiome, there's very low levels of bad bacteria and viruses. The reason why they're there at such a low level is that the immune system has time to produce antibodies against them. So if the levels exceed a certain level, the antibodies are there to fight them as quickly as possible before that infection starts to happen. So that's how it's all working. Now, if you now go and destroy the microbiome, what is happening? Now, the amount of viruses in our saliva starts to go up. That means the viral load in our mouth goes up because there's more bad right. bacteria and viruses are adhering and growing because there's a complete destruction of that real estate. That is the main thing we're talking about. And what we're looking at is that 
what do we do to actually reduce inflammation? I think the new buzzword today is that we have to reduce inflammation. We have to reduce inflammation. If we have inflammation in our body, we have to reduce inflammation. The primary reason for this concept is that inflammation precedes disease. You cannot have disease before if you don't have inflammation. So you have to have inflammation first before you have gum disease. Without inflammation, you cannot have gum disease. And what do we know? Inflammation is 100% reversible. How do we know this? Because gingivitis, which is bleeding gums, which is inflamed gums, can be reversed. So if inflammation can be reversed, that means we can have a much prominent role in preventing disease. So the goal is how do we reduce inflammation? Now, what I'm going to say to you next is a shocker, is a shocker. Okay. What we are concentrating on is not to have the immune system to be activated. We don't want our immune system to be activated. Not because it's going to tax our body system. Of course it does, but that's not the primary reason. The main goal why we want to not um, get the immune system activated is that some of the viruses that are within our body, mainly herpes virus, there's multiple herpes viruses, herpes simplex 1, cytomegalus virus, Epstein-Barr virus, is dormant within so many of human beings that are on earth. It's dormant. Mm -hmm. In order for the virus to travel, it needs the host body, and it uses our immune system, mainly our white blood cells, mainly our T3 cells, and macrophages within the white blood cells to get carried to different locations. So what we have found when there is a bacterial infection and you get this virus that comes in because our immune system is responding to the infection or the inflammation, we get much greater destruction. So what we don't want, we don't want inflammation mainly because we don't want the immune system to be activated. This is exact opposite. That's exactly what you're after. I hope that right. makes so, sense. It does. So you're trying to decrease inflammation that exists because of all these products we're using that are destroying all the good bacteria, preventing that inflammation. That's right. Did I say that right? That's right. That's all, okay. all we're trying to do is reduce inflammation and reduce the toxins in the in the in the mouth. Now, Dr. Madahi, regarding mouthwash, I wanted to share with the audience something you mentioned off camera about professional athletes. Can you repeat that anecdote? Yes. Uh, so one of the things for professional athletes is that they need the maximum amount of oxygen in their body and going to their heart. This is what endurance and stamina comes from. So the oral microbiome is responsible for turning nitrate, which comes from green leafy type of vegetables, such as spinach, uh, lettuce, and arugula into nitrous oxide. Nitrous oxide is what gives heart health and it decreases the blood pressure and increases the amount of oxygen throughout the body and to the brain. So when you destroy the microbiome, you're destroying the pathway to getting nitrous oxide. As a result, world-class athletes are told not to rinse their mouth with any antiseptic mouthwash. It's part wow, of this, the, 
it's part part of the regimen. Right. Wow. I, I wish the I wish the rest of us were were filled in on that. I think we all could use some some nitrous oxide. We all want those benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Nitrous. Wow. Nit nitrous, nitric. Sorry, oxide. nitric. Right. I just wanted to make sure you were listening. Nitric <laughs> oxide. C-suite radio. Okay. So so what do we do? Right. I mean, do we go to try to? All the dentists are using the same thing. You mentioned you you started a new product line, but are you saying all the over the counter like mouthwash, all those things are actually doing everything you've discussed up to this point? Yeah, unfortunately, the fact is there is no product on shelf that is both safe and effective. So there are certain products that are safe, but there is no studies behind it and they don't show any efficacy. So you might as well rinse your mouth with organic apple juice. It's 100% safe. It doesn't do anything for you in your mouth. Now, when we go to the effective products, which are the main brands with a lot of research that shows that decreases bad bacteria and everything, unfortunately, those are killing the bacteria and they have toxic ingredients. So those are not safe, but they are effective in terms of research. So if you were to ask me, what would be the safest thing to do? Rinse your mouth with salt water. It will be safer than anything that's on shelf. Okay. What else can we do? I mean, you know, we can't, we can't, change the products dentists are using, even though I know you're trying, we can't change what's sold over the counter in our local drugstore. So what can we do to curb, you know, the, everything you've described thus far? So uh, I'm going to tell you in terms of oral care products, the only product that I know is the Lumino products at this point. But what else are, can we do on a daily basis? So let's go back and talk about antiseptic or antimicrobial products we're using. So we know the toothpaste and mouthwash for sure is killing bacteria. Okay, now let's yeah. put that aside for a second. Every vegetable or meat or anything that you eat that has any pesticides on it is antibacterial. It destroys the microbiome in your mouth and in your gut. Wow. When, you're drinking, when you're drinking alcohol, it destroys oral microbiome, gut microbiome. When you are eating meat, uh, meat can be red meat or chicken that have hormones and antibiotic in it, it destroys the microbiome in your mouth and in your gut. So you start to have to slowly, slowly go to grass-fed meat without antibiotic or um, any type of hormones. You have to go toward more organic food without pesticides. See, these are the kind of lifestyle changes that we, we have to start to make slowly. But even when we go beyond that, when you pick up any cleaning products at your house, all of them have antimicrobial ingredients. You got to go to products that one site that is really good, made safe. They do amazing research to find products that do not harm you, uh, the environment, even the marine life. So we have to go toward products that are effective. They do the job, but at the same time, they're not antimicrobial that are decreasing the microbiome in our body, on our body, and in our body. So dishwasher detergent, washing machine detergent, everything you clean surfaces as well. And then hand sanitizers only should be used when you don't have soap and water. If there is soap and water, do not use hand sanitizers. It destroys the, your skin microbiome. Is, is soap safe? Absolutely. 
Okay, so you're saying so you can clean you can clean surfaces of your kitchen with soap and water, and it will be perfect. You will remove whatever that's there. Okay, but you know, just just as a counterpoint, some people say that eating organic organic foods have their own type of pesticides. So they're just organic pesticides. So you can't really, you know, you're still eating pesticides. Do we know if those pesticides are not hurting our microbiome? Microbiome. So, yeah. So so it, it is not so much that they're using organic um, uh, pesticides. What they're what's happening? What's happening is even the organic food carries some pesticides, mainly because the pesticides um, have entered our water. They have entered the, it's in the air, it's in the soil. So everything has some sort of contamination. So I'm not saying even if you find a 100% organic vegetable, it is 100% pesticide free, but the amount of damage would be much less. Okay, wow, all right. So <laughs> I'm just digesting all of this. Um, I'm trying to be optimistic. I'm trying to be yeah. optimistic. There, there is a way. There is a way. Yeah. I mean, just my final thought, you know, you, you talk about, um, you know, heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, kidney disease, diabetes. Is it your belief that all of those diseases stem from our oral health? No, it's not my belief. It's 30 years of research that has shown a connection between gum disease, heart disease, kidney uh, problems, colorectal cancer, uh, premature babies, Alzheimer's, that has already been uh, proven in the research. And in my book, I have 150 peer-reviewed blind studies as citations of all the different things that I'm talking about. So this definitely, whatever is happening in your mouth affects your body, mainly because of this. You are digesting things through your mouth, number one, but also, the rate of absorption of things through your mouth into your blood system is very high. So somebody who is having a heart attack, the doctor says, put a couple of nitroglycerin pill under your tongue because the rate of absorption is much faster than if you actually swallow the pill. So everything is getting absorbed. There are multiple ways that everything gets into your body. There was a study that we conducted with a green mouthwash that had alcohol in it, which most of our mouthwashes have some sort of coloring and have alcohol. What we found, as soon as the person rinsed with that mouthwash, spit out the mouthwash, 60 seconds later, we did a blood test and the dye and the alcohol was already in their blood system. Within five minutes, there was even more dye in the blood system. So do not wow. believe what you put in your mouth. And even if you're spitting it, it's not getting absorbed in your body. It is. Rate of absorption of the mouth is quite high. So all that said, why, and, and just to back up for a second, you know, it makes sense why cancer rates and disease rates are higher than ever than they were, as you mentioned, you know, 30, 40 years ago. It's because these advances in science, right, have changed, you know, the makeup of our bodies. Final question for you, Dr. Madahi. I feel like we could, we need an encore presentation. Why has the dental industry committed to this type of care? I mean, are, are other dentists aware that we're killing all this good bacteria that's essentially hurting us? A very, very low uh, number of dentists are aware. It mainly comes the entire education system is based on killing bacteria, based on all of the research. And to date, 
there was really no alternative of figuring out a way to neutralize the toxin. That's part of it. But I will turn the question another way. We know that in the silver fillings, mercury, there is mercury. Mercury fillings is banned in so many countries in the world. Why are we placing 900,000 mercury fillings per year in people's body when the Department of Health and Human Services says, how do you get rid of the excess? It is a toxic ingredient and you have to store it and a biohazard company has to come and pick it up. Why are we placing these things in our mouth? Why is that okay? Because That's, it's cheaper, I guess. It's a cheaper alternative to patients. So I, I don't think that only is cheaper. There's a lot of intricate things, but it has shown in so many Western countries, you cannot get amalgam filling in Germany. You cannot get it in France. So many countries is impossible for you. It's a banned substance. So somehow the only way the dental industry is going to change is through consumer demand. And, and the way I can prove this to you is in 1996, I went on multiple news channels. I talked about digital x-ray. It has 90% less radiation. We don't have to use toxic uh, solutions in order to develop the film. And the film comes up. You can see the image on the screen within 30 seconds. It took 14 years for 50% of the dentists to adopt that technology, even though it had existed. The main reason was cost, training, and having computers in their, in their operatories. But at the end, is that the best technology for the patient? Absolutely, there's no question. The rate of adoption was driven by consumers asking dentists, do you have digital x-rays? This is what we have okay. to do in order to change everything. So I think in addition to writing a book, you have to lobby Congress or, or run for public office and spread your message, Dr. Madahi. Uh, it, it's fascinating stuff. And um, you, there's something to it. It really makes you rethink your, your you know, everything, everything you're putting in your mouth. So yeah. thank you for writing the book and starting the conversation um, because it needs to be had. You're very welcome. And again, it's been proven on the skincare. All of the skincare changed. And it is true in gut health. And a lot of things have changed. But what I am telling you is nothing new that those two industries figured it out. It will eventually has to be done in the oral uh, cavity as well. All right. Well, thank you again. We look forward to the next book uh, to be continued, as they say. <laughs> thank you so much for spreading the word. It's people like you that will give me a forum to actually talk about this. I really appreciate everything you do. My pleasure. Like I said, it's an important conversation to have. And if you'd like more information on the book, just check out our website. It's csweetbookclub.com. That's c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. Like what you just heard, visit c-sweetradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.